ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. I've been watching the NFL, uh, excuse me, NBA playoffs on the Eastern and Western Conference um, playoffs like many of you out there are are doing. And it has struck me, it, it dawned on me last night while, while I watched my Lakers, and I say my Lakers because I'm a Lakers fan, if you guys don't know. I watched my Lakers go down um, 0-2 to Denver. I I looked and I popped on social media and I could just see all of the memes and all of the criticisms, right? Ah, LeBron James hasn't hit a three-pointer in in his last 19 attempts in the fourth quarter. Like, first off, when are we going to stop doing the, the clutch thing with LeBron? He's not clutch. You don't get to as many Western Conference or Eastern Conference finals as LeBron James has been to without being clutch. You don't get to as many NBA championships as LeBron has gotten to without being clutch. It's such a, it's such a like, it's a lazy ass narrative. Super lazy. There's no other way to, there's no other way to characterize it other than lazy. But his shooting's not, has not been good. He had a break where he went up for a dunk and lost the ball. People lost their mind. He's missed some point blank shots. People lost their mind. The funny part is, Everybody missed point-blank shots. Hachimura balled his his balls off. He missed point-blank shots. AD missed point-blank shots. Jokic missed right next to the rim point-blank shots. Why do y'all think his rebounding is so high? It's because he'll miss a shot and grab the rebound again. It's Moses Malone, right? Missed the layup, grab a rebound. Missed the layup, grab a rebound. All of a sudden, he got two points, two rebounds. Like, that's why his stats always look like that with the rebounding. Because I've watched the game. It's not that he's just a mauler on the rebounds. You know how many rebound opportunities there are in a game? So if you miss a couple shots and you grab the rebound of your own shot, it's almost a cheat code to, like, the rebounds. I ain't mad at him because he's rebounding and he's, making the shot. But what, what, what occurred to me is that there always seems to be the criticism, the national, right? Because if we looked at this um, locally, the Lakers should be on, the Lakers fans should be on LeBron and AD for more, right? When you're getting contributions from your others like Hachimura, when you're getting contributions from your others like Reeves, when they give you the, the the 19s and the 20s and the 
you should be able to win games because your two stars should never, your two stars, your two superstars should never combine for less than 50 points. They should never combine for less than, never. I'm saying never. So I get it from, from a local standpoint if you're a Lakers fan. I get from the from the local standpoint, if you're a Nuggets fan, keeping praise on your team. What I don't get is for everybody else, right? Why is it that our immediate our immediate thought process is to skew the conversation negative? Why do we skew the conversation negative when it comes to these things? Our negativity in the way in which we look at our negativity in the way in which we look at the outcome of the game. What do I mean? Well, instead of saying, hey, the Nuggets are really balling. The, I've heard two separate, I've heard two separate people, right? Shout out to Coach Witt, who said that the Nuggets remind him of UConn, and then I heard um Chris James say the same thing that the Nuggets remind him of UConn and how the UConn had once they hit the tournament just turned it on and just looked like the better team I disagree with both of them right because the Lakers look like they could have be, they the Lakers could be 2 and 0 right now they could have come back and won that game in game 1 they should have won this game in game two. The difference is, the difference is, Denver has never allowed the game to get away from them. In game one, Denver got off to a 20-something point lead. Lakers ran them down, but never caught them. I believe the game got as close as two points, but they never allowed the Lakers to feel that hope of taking the lead finally. They never allowed themselves to feel the pressure of losing the lead. And therefore, they were able to get it down, get it done in game one. In game two, in game two, the Lakers got out at one point in time to a double-digit lead, if I'm not mistaken. The Nuggets continued to just press and press and press and press and press. They were able to get that lead down and eventually take the lead from the Lakers. And once they took the lead from the Lakers, they didn't give it back. The, the Nuggets are playing better basketball than the Lakers overall. The Nuggets stars. It should just be a talk about. The, the, the dominance of Jokic. Jokic is having an all-time great playoff run. It's interesting. On the year that he does not win the MVP, on a year that he does not win the MVP, that's the year that he goes nuclear in the playoffs. Talk about motivation, right? The year that people say, nope, it's that other guy. It's that it's him this year. You you got it over him the last two years, but it's him this year. 
on a on a on a season when that happens, Jokic goes into the playoffs, and every single game it's 13, 15, 17, 20 something rebounds. It's 10, 11, 12 assists. It's 25, 35, 50 points. Powerballing. Yet nationally, what's the conversation? What's the talk? Memes about LeBron shooting bricks. Memes about LeBron missing layups. What's the national talk when Jamal Murray is finally healthy enough to be Jamal Murray in the playoffs for the, for Denver? Remembering that the last two times that Denver had a chance, three times, excuse me, that Denver had a chance to make a run, Jamal Murray was hurt. What's the national talk? LeBron James missing layups. LeBron James not scoring enough. It's all LeBron James' fault. It's all LeBron James' fault. We'd rather, we'd rather give blame than credit. Blame is easier to mock. Credit you have to somehow quantify. Blame is easy to tell. It's easy to look up and blame him. It's easy to look up and blame her. It's difficult to give credit to her. It's more difficult to give credit to him because now you got to know what the credit is for, why the credit is warranted. We know why the blame is warranted because they lost. But is the credit really deserved? Now you have to be ready to support your credit. The only support you need on blame is they lost. It's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. And yet, all we do is consume the negative side rather than the positive side. Yo, my brother called me last night in the middle of the game while the game was still close. And I was really upset about him. I was upset about it, too. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Brother, Shimmy and Clemens, how dare you? Shimmy and Faison Clemens... How dare you call me in the middle of the game, a highly contested game, where Jamal Murray is cooking the Lakers. How dare you call me? And he called me, hey, man, this dude is going stupid out here. No word. He says he just called. You know, I just called. I just wanted to. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He was twisting a knife because he knows how to quantify the positive, right? Here's a, here's a sad case. For fans, the positive hurts more than the negative. It's, it hurts us more to think that someone or something is just better than us. It's easier for us to take we just were not good enough in that moment. We could have been better, but in that moment, we were not good enough, which leaves us the hope that we can be better. Right? It leaves us the hope that we can be better. When, when someone says, hey, yo, that dude's just better than you. Well, what else can you do?
if someone's just better than me, if I try my hardest, will they beat? Will, will I be able to beat that person? Who knows? Probably not. If I work really hard and I'm dedicated and I continue to build myself up to be the best that I can, the only way I get past him is if he's not doing the same thing. But if I'm working hard and if he's working hard, I'm never getting better than him. That is a difficult pill to swallow. That is a hard pill to swallow. I coach sports. I have to have difficult conversations with young men and women all the time about talent, right? About talent. And for whatever reason, that talent being better than you. I have to have that conversation about that talent and saying, hey, son, I know you want to be a linebacker, but you're not as talented as that person is. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to close the gap on him because he's doing the same thing you're doing. It doesn't mean you can't play. It just means you're not going to take his spot. Right? Hey, young lady, I, I, I really enjoy you. It's so great. You're a great hard worker, but you're just not as fast as she is. And there's a better than likely chance you're never going to be as fast as she is because, because you're out here working hard to get faster, but so is she, and she is just naturally faster than you. We have these conversations as coaches, or at least we should. You got, if you guys are in here telling your kids they could be president, then you're doing it wrong. Like gone are the days where you tell kids you can be anything you want to be, you know, if you put your mind to it. Some things you are just genetically predispositioned to not be able to do. It's okay to say, hey, you can try that, but it's probably going to be a futile exploration if you want to get to the top, right? The same thing plays in age. Hey, LeBron. The same thing plays in health. Hey, LeBron, AD, you guys are not healthy. Anybody out there that thinks LeBron is 100% right now, then you're clearly not paying attention. But who cares? 
right now, if they play their best and Denver plays their best, they're not beating Denver. Right now, Gene Clemens, Coach Gene Clemens, on his own podcast, Lakers fan, since the moment I laid eyes on Magic Johnson, I'm sitting here telling you that if the Lakers play their best and the Nuggets play their best, number one, it's going to be 130-something, 140-something to 140-something. That game is, is going to be crazy. For as great as Austin Reeves is, who are you taking Austin Reeves over on the starting lineup of Denver. For as great as Rui Hachimura has played, who are you taking Hachimura over on the starting lineup of Denver? As a matter of fact, if we were being honest, if we if we put a draft together right now and we put the Nuggets and we put the Lakers players all into a pool and we and we started to draft players you're going to get through 7 to 8 Denver Nuggets players before you take the third Laker like I don't know if LeBron or AD's one or two or whatever it's probably Jokic one right it's probably Jokic one and then if we're assuming that everybody is completely healthy and ready to go, it's probably Jokic one, AD and LeBron two and three, however you want to, however you want to like switch them. Then Jamal Murray. Right? Then Jamal Murray. Then you're going, then you're probably going for talent state, Michael Porter Jr. Right? You're probably going to go with KCP, who still should be a Laker. You're probably going Aaron Gordon. Like, who on the Lakers starting five outside of LeBron and AD are you taking over anybody in the top six rotation? top seven rotation of the Nuggets. Maybe the seventh guy. Definitely not the top six. They're a more talented team. So if the Lakers aren't doing what everything that they have to do to make them, to make them not play their best game, they're going to win. Doesn't matter about the lead because they have offensive firepower everywhere, and they hit threes. See, you know, what the, you know what the equalizer, the neutralizer is to what the Lakers are doing? It's the Nuggets. Because the Lakers said, listen, we don't have a bunch of three-point shooters, so we're going to bludgeon you by attacking the rim. Except the teams that they've played... <laughs> Memphis, don't, they don't have the ability to attack the rim other than Ja. The, 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 the Warriors, 
no rim, no rim runners, no attack the basket guys. Those two teams are tailor made for the Lakers. You know, it's not tailor made for the Lakers. A seven foot two dude who will just beat you and pound you inside. And then kick it out to all of these guys who can bang threes like that. So if they're hitting, if they're on, if you can't get them off their rhythm, you're going to lose. If you can't get them off their rhythm consistently for four quarters, you're going to lose. They're the better team. They've had the better playoffs. They've had the better first two games. Why are we focusing on LeBron James missing a layup? Why are we not why are we not celebrating? I'm talking about nationally, right? Why are we not celebrating what Denver's doing? Instead of dissing or demeaning the Lakers, who, by the way, none of you even really had as a playoff contender. Richard Jefferson was laughing. When, when, when Perk said that the Lakers could get to the Western Conference Finals. Laughing. They laughed in Kendrick Perkins' face. Now those same people will come back and say that they're disappointed in what the Lakers are doing. They will come back and blame the Lakers. Instead of saying, hey, the Lakers are playing with house money. Nobody thought they were going to get this far anyway. They're going to blame the Lakers. Again. I, as a basketball person, as a Lakers fan, I think that there's some hope. Why? Because the first game was a blowout. The Lakers ran them down, couldn't get it done. The second game was really more of a prize fight. The Lakers had the lead. They got cold. Right? They just got cold. They couldn't make shots. If that doesn't happen, it's 1-1 going to L.A. So now it's 0-2 going to L.A. If the Lakers win game three, it's 2-1. That's a series. We're in a, we're in a series now. The only way it is absolutely over, and I say it's game three, Coach Witt says it's game four, I told him that might be a sweep because if the Lakers lose game three, it's over. If they lose game three, it's over. If they lose, if they win game three, but lose game four, it's still not over. I know it feels like it might be, and it might be. It might be. But in my mind, it's still not over because if you if you win game three and you lose game four, you know the path that it's going to take to get to game seven. Still one in Denver, win one in LA, and let the chips fall where they may in game seven, right? But if you lose game three, you have to say to yourself, okay, now we have to win this next one, still one, win one. That's three in a row? After losing three in a row? Mmm... Because that means in order to win the series, you have to win four games in a row. I just don't, 
if you were that dominant, you wouldn't be down 3-0. Right? So the, the, the optimistic side of me, Lakers fan, is not the doom and gloom. It's to say, hey, we're still in this game. It, the playoff, the, the series starts the moment you change, you change locations. So now let's see what the series has started. Over in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat showed us it's not going to just be an easy run for Boston. Or did Boston do what they normally do? Are they playing with their food? Is Boston making it harder than it has to be? You see how we go back? Credit and blame? Let's try to give more credit and enjoy these series. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you join me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Until next time, peace.